Namaste. We are with Gautam Ji once again for our series of interviews. Uh, Gautam, uh, there was this audio at Vinima. We had published a podcast of hers, which was named uh, The Dismal Future of Mankind. And it is a Leela of Baba's in which uh, he communicated to one of his most intimate devotees. In the end of that podcast, if people can hear it on the channel, it was published. Baba actually gave a, a prophetic vision of mankind's future about 80 to 90 years from the time that that was shared. And it has come true, uh, like for word to word, it has come to happen, like anything Baba says. The thing that concerned me was obviously Baba, if someone hears it in a nutshell, Baba said that uh, in these times the population will explode and God has a way where it, uh, you know, naturally uh, it gets it gets managed and there will be lots of diseases that will come, governments will not be able to control it. But most importantly, something that stood out for me there was Baba said, man will lose empathy and sympathy for another man and man will only be known for the amount of wealth he possesses and that is what we are seeing in the Kalyo. obviously it's like in the pandemic it's very much in our face mm. but i felt this would be a good pointer to discuss with you from the aspect of the teaching for the devotee and uh, you know trying to live the path baba showed us because his was the way of compassion right and when baba said that you know man will lose empathy for another man that is pretty much what we are seeing in many ways so i wanted to talk to you about this aspect yes yes i think uh, like we have been saying all along baba's life itself was an example of an absence of separation as we know, he lived both for the largest communities at the time, the Hindus and the Muslims. He was overlapping, overriding both and showing Hindus and Muslims that he was a living example of acceptance. You see, that was his uniqueness. Now, it is so right that the sense of separation today is so strong. You know, and one would have thought that if teachings of all great masters were imbibed in daily living, one would be knit closer to each other and a collectively difficult situation like the pandemic, it has also done this. It has made people aware and now provided an opportunity to be closer to one another. The opportunity has been provided, you know, because see, normally when one is suffering, one is suffering alone and others take pity on you or express sympathy. Now it is collective. So the opportunity is being given to wake up collectively from this dream of separation to one where we help others as if they are our own. And the whole Sai Satcharita lays this out for us. You see? So, I do believe that while the sense of separation is so strong now, and as you have said, Baba has predicted that it will get worse. 
but the teachings are already in place. The guidance is already there. Why was the book made available today? It's available, right? So this is for us to see these times through. Gautam, from the devotee's perspective, you know, one thing I felt is that Baba has shown us in action the path of service. Like he would feed people, you know, uh, animals, beings. You know, he would uh, very compassionate. I mean, Baba is like the epitome of compassion. So I felt, is there any like? Can you give some pointers that devotees can almost take like a sadhana to add to their day-to-day practices? That you know, one can start small. For example. Just a few things that came to mind, like, you know, even if it is, say, doing some plantation, if it is doing some feeding service, just getting involved in some way or the other in service. Yes. See, Nick, there are two things here. One is the primary seva, if you ask me, is living the teaching. Because if the teaching says, do not harm another, That itself is a sadhana because, you know, we harm people by what we say. We may use the sweetest words, but the way we say it, the intention behind it is harmful. Let's say we are judging someone or passing an opinion without knowing the full picture. So the first seva is not to harm another. Even Nisardata Maharaj has said, he mentioned it to his devotees. Forget the teachings. All I request you to do is don't harm each other. Why? Because if you truly realized that everything is Brahman, all there is is consciousness. Would consciousness harm itself? So this is the primary seva. You see why primary? Because you may do Annadan, you may do practices, but you are still living a life of separation. You are still harming others by thought, deed, word and so on. Very interestingly, someone mentioned to me that they had taken up a new job with a Parsi boss. Now, some Parsis are notorious for using foul language, right? So, this person was uncomfortable in the environment and said, you know, I want to leave. I said, why? Wait, wait. You know that by nature, some Parsis are like that. What is the intent behind the foul language? That, please tell me. So, the person said, no, there's no intent really. It's just part of the nature. I said, isn't it better? to have a boss who uses foul language as part of his nature or conditioning, which has no harm behind it, rather than someone who is plotting and scheming and in that sense, you see, abusing, subtle abuse, which is better. We all know that Sai Baba himself used foul language, right? It arose in the moment. And that was perhaps the best thing meant for that person. How do we know? <laughs> you see, to shake someone out of the dream, yes, it yes. may be needed. Yeah. So, first is, the human intellect is now refined enough 
not to read the Satcharita just as a manual of miracles, but to understand what is the storytelling me as the reader, what level am I referring to it as, how am I living the teaching, that is the first seva. Thereafter, as a practice, as a sadhana, what appeals to me? Supposing I have money and I don't have time. I donate money, not because I'm going to get a reward, because I'm donating. Because I feel for those who don't have what I have financially. In that way, my sense of separation is dissolving. If I donate, knowing that I'm donating to consciousness, to an expression of consciousness just like I am, consciousness donating to consciousness with the intent, not with the intent of earning brownie points with Sai Baba, you see. Similarly, Annadan, you see, I may be someone or me and my brothers and sisters who are very good at mobilizing a force, going out there to feed people, but we don't have the money. So let's say someone gives us the money and our strength is grassroots. So everyone can see for themselves what is their innate strength in terms of seva and sadhana. So like you gave the example, even if it is like planting trees, plantations, some are geared towards that. Like I have friends who are very environment conscious. They know so much about, uh, you know, trees and earth and nature. So this is the aspect of giving. Giving based on what one is gifted with. Each one has to see for themselves. See, a very important thing takes place here. In any of these forms, the focus shifts from me to the other. Usually our focus is me-centric, me and my story, I'm the hero of my story, right? The minute you do seva, the spotlight turns on the other. What can I do for the other? And the me diminishes. So there's a very important role as far as seva is concerned. It's just like bhakti what happens. The spotlight shifts from me to the deity or to the guru. So, these are all very subtle movements away from the me and taking it on to someone else, whoever it may be. But the truth is that actually there's nothing outside. It is just a misconception. But nevertheless, it's a stubborn misconception. So, these are like tools to shift the focus away from the me. To make the me irrelevant. The problem is when the me comes back and says, I did this seva. True. If one hand gives, the other should not even know. Yes. That's what they say. Yes. That is again a pitfall of the ego. You yes. Know? 